Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here it is, Away From Home, number two. This is the podcast about forcing yourself to explore unfamiliar territory with me, John Hillcock. Um, This is in association with Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Uh, Thank you for listening to the first episode of Away From Home last week with Tom Ravenscroft, and especially if you were good enough to post about it somewhere else or give us a like or get in touch with me personally or if you just listened and you liked it and well didn't do anything else at all because that's what we used to do just take you don't have to give anything back that's fine it's funny just as you start you immediately notice a man blasting something on a roof some sort of asphalt or something anyway i do hope you've had a good couple of weeks um, I speak to you from the very depths of suburbia. I've just uh, dispatched the girls at school on what is apparently going to be the hottest day of the year so far. I'm now stood in the middle of a park in which I used to actually do football training when I was the same age as my daughter. I would say probably, yeah, probably about six, seven, eight, something like that. I don't look back with fond memories, has to be said. Um... Anyway, the three of us, me and my two daughters, listened to uh, a lot of pop music today uh, while getting ready. You know, all the we always do this. We take turns across the week to decide who chooses the music. You know, while we do lunch boxes and get breakfast ready and get dressed and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we always take turns deciding what we're going to listen to. It could be radio. We play stick or twist. So if a song comes on that we don't like, we change the radio station. Uh, it means that we always listen to loads of different stations. But also we listen to a lot of music as well. And as you can imagine, that involves a lot of uh, D 
Disney-related music, which I mentioned actually in my interview today. But um, the only rule, this sounds really miserable, but the only rule I have regarding uh, this game of choosing the music is that we're not allowed to listen to the same song more than once. And obviously, you know, there's joy to be had in repeat listens of one song, but it's to preserve my own sanity, really. Uh, Anyway, today we had Spotify on, and my eight-year-old... Oh, that's a train behind me. One of the many trains going into London from where I am. Uh, It's gone. Uh, Today we had Spotify on. My eight-year-old is uh, currently obsessed with a YouTuber who also releases music. Her name is Annie LeBlanc, and uh, so we had some of her songs on. And the music is just as you'd expect, very fluffy very cliched nursery pop music Uh, it's like taylor swift on airplane mode after that we put on a few uh, pop playlists and this to see what sort of comes up on shuffle and there was a you know quite a few good things like marion hill uh, 1999 lady leisha uh, also something by malia called proud of me which features uh, little sims which is a big favorite at the moment One thing I've noticed about listening to all these pop songs is that uh, so few of the songs that we listen to on Spotify are played on the radio. They just don't come up on all the pop radio stations, which seems a bit of a sort of sad state of affairs for for radio, really. Um, anyway, before I crack on with telling you about uh, the guest on this week's Away From Home podcast, I'm going to play you a song. This is something that you'll have heard. If you listen to Six Music Early in the Morning, you might have heard me play this last week, very early in the morning. If you were up between six and seven and listening to six music, I imagine that's a fairly small number of you. But uh, if you were around, you might have heard this. It's by uh, Christina Schneider. She records as the somewhat clunky uh, Locate S1, which makes her sound more like a coding command than an actual artist. But the song itself, as with the album which is out in a couple of months is produced by of montreal's kevin barnes and it's called owe it to the girls and it's pretty and it's poppy and it's uh, got this lovely tremoloed guitar all over it and it also happens to be ferociously angry and righteous as well and i'll tell you about the guest on this week's podcast after i've played it and don't forget if you want to hear all of the songs on this podcast in full well most of them anyway some of them are sort of they, they pop in and out. I'm finding my way with that stuff. But but the main songs that we play, if you want to hear them in full, you need to listen to the Mixcloud version of this podcast. Uh, so search out Away From Home on Mixcloud and you'll find that. But the downloadable version, uh, which you can get on all the usual sort of podcast platforms, mainly Acast and iTunes and all the others, uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to edited versions of the songs due to rights reasons. Uh, But anyway, this is Locate S1. Uh, The song is called Owe It to the Girls. So that's Locate S1 and Owe It To The Girls. There's a lady walking with a crutch and a dog who is staring at me strangely here. But, you know, sometimes you just got to carry on. 
So this week's guest on Away From Home is Nicole McKenzie. She runs a record label, MIC, which stands for Music Inspires Change. She's a hugely well-respected DJ, radio presenter um, on Soho Radio. She's a music consultant. Uh, she is a programmer. You might know her as Cherry or Cherry Flavor. Uh, she actually grew up in Croydon, the home of dubstep. She was there at the time when it all started. She lived it. We talk about that in our conversation. We talked about how it felt to be at the centre of all of that. Uh, she also went on to become a very well-respected and trusted face working behind the counter at uh, one of London's very finest record shops, Sounds of the Universe. It's a shop on Broadwick Street in Soho. It started out as a, a market stall in Camden by a man named Stuart Baker. At the same time, around 1992, he also founded the iconic Soul Jazz record label, a label which uh, set out to have this very sort of simple intention of cross-fertilising genres, sounds and styles and celebrating the results. Now, Soul Jazz has a history of releasing landmark compilations and reissues, uh, which have been very, very carefully collated uh, to bring more exposure to underappreciated songs and artists uh, celebrating things like Chicago Soul or Tropicalia, Arthur Russell, New York Noise, uh, incredible series New York Noise, those two compilations, also the Dynamite Dancehall series, all of the Studio One stuff they've released as well. And Nicole worked at Sounds of the Universe and went on to actually be part of that team putting those compilations together. Uh, she was uh, an A&R in their new music division. Uh, so we talk about everything from working in a record shop to music snobbery to her record label MIC. We talk about fear of failure, how she got a job in the first place at the shop and you know how you leave things behind. Because when we spoke, she just left her job from behind the counter. So you know she was facing quite a, um, a sort of risky time, really, going out on a limb to be a freelance music consultant, but also run her record label now you'll notice that nicole has one of the best laughs you'll ever hear she's one of the smiliest people you'll ever meet and she of course has this most honest deep passion for music it's no wonder she was able to forge such a great reputation with the people that she uh, worked with in the store and of course all the customers as well Uh, but before you hear our chat and our records this is out on the 25th of may and it's by lord tusk the ep is called communique And writing on uh, the MIC Bandcamp page, Theodore Leans on there says, It's a record that shoots around corners conjuring lazy romances and smoky vistas, lit by the nocturnal shimmer of an electrified city, streaked with gargantuan, shrill, bird-like call-and-response riffs, and visited by the astral bodies of Teddy Riley, Gerald Donald and Prince. This is Lord Tusk with Shine-Eyed Gal, and Away From Home 2 with Nicole McKenzie starts with us talking about a cup of tea in a Motown mug next. And so this, yeah. so this is all the way from, um, from Detroit. The Motown Museum, yeah. Me and um, my friend Neil, who I used to work with at uh, yeah. Sounds Universe, yeah. when we were both working there, we took a week off and went to Chicago. Right. 
and like just to buy records and then we him his brother his twin brother lives over there so we we like drove like six hours to detroit and then i think most people in detroit think it's a bit mad that anybody kind of wants to go to the motel museum and it's like you know like i don't know i suppose probably our version of like big ben or something it's just like we've got it how could you not do it and what what was it like in there it was amazing i felt emotional because you're sitting there like you know they're like you know this is where like the supremes would clap underneath like like they said the clapping chamber which really wasn't it was just a hole in the ceiling with like a mic hanging down but they were like you know they would do the claps here that's what you want it to be really yeah (laughs) and then you know they're like this is where you know i don't normally go for any of that sort of stuff like you know i don't sort of well up over like you know the fact that paul mccartney stood somewhere but like or whatever but um i was like oh my god you know stevie wonder was here and and it just kind of seemed a little bit strange because everybody like i mean it just i don't feel like it happens like that now like you're just going to get like this incredibly talented 12 year old kid down the, down the road and then the next road it'll be like diana ross or something and then marvin Gaye might you know some guy two streets over or whatever yeah. it just seems a bit yeah like you, that's interesting that you say that you wouldn't normally go in for that kind of nostalgic thing yeah because i'm kind of similar and but at the same time because it's America, do you think that that adds like an extra sort of mystical element to it? Do you, do you, do you makes it more yeah. kind of? Oh yeah. Because yeah. if it was like you say, if it was London or if it was like you would. Yeah, I mean, even of, if I was going, you know, I don't know, somewhere in I don't know, the British I don't know, music I don't, experience. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like going up to York, I don't know what's. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably wouldn't be as wild. Weird how because it's a different country and a different culture, and it seems so far away. There's this added element of of um, I don't know wonder about it and no one ever drinks out of this yeah Laura drank out of it once my wife and you know I was sort of like what the hell are you doing does it normally go does it have pride of place in it no no it doesn't I realised that I did have that for a little while and I realised that was probably a little bit strange just to have a mug (laughs) and then actually I noticed at the bottom it says made in China and then So tell me what is going on right now. So what what projects are you work on? Because you, uh, you know you obviously your your history working at sounds of the universe. And yeah. Everything. So you are you completely out of there? I'm out. Okay. I'm out. Yeah. I stopped working there in April, end of like record store day. Thought it's a good time to leave. You over the edge. <laughs> I thought it might be a good time to leave yeah. just after record store day, do the final one because I was I kind of introduced record store day to the shop and blah blah blah. Since then, I started the label. Um, Mike, which stands mm. for Music Inspires Change, which I know is super. super I want to talk all about that. And, and <laughs> emo. The, yeah, but it's really hard. Yeah. I think it's so difficult to name anything like that, especially when it's such a labour of love and it means so much to you. So you want to do something that's really. I always feel like I'm too earnest yeah. with everything that I do, and it's all like you say. There's a kind of almost yeah. nothingness there. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah. So, but I, I didn't know if you still had a hand in doing certain things in the uh, store. No, or... not no. I mean, when my, when I first left, or been there for so long, I kind of helped out with like you know, sort of a bit of a changeover, but not not really. I, I'm in there every Tuesday because I do my record, my radio show. Yeah. So I see them every Tuesday. Yeah. So it's like a bit of a joke. I come in at exactly ten past twelve. Um, but no, I don't have a hand in anything since I've been gone. But when did yeah. you know that you wanted to go? 
Uh, I don't know if I should say on record, but yeah, probably a while before, um, quite a while. Um, not because, uh, it's more about like, you know, you want to be able to continuously be introducing new things mm. and um, doing new things. So I think for a while I realised that I was doing, even if, you know, it appears exciting outwardly, it's something I've already done. Mm. Like, you know, for instance, we've had like, you know, two boiler room sessions there, mm. um, showed films, different things, you know, um, and I just kind of felt like I was rehashing it. I've been there a very long time, mm. you know, so. But it's easy, it's easy to carry on, isn't it? Yeah. It's easy to carry on and to stay there and to keep doing what, you're, what you know and what you're familiar with, and it is exciting, it's, you know, it's yeah. a great thing to be doing. You know, there is an element of courage to that, to do something new. Yeah. To take that risk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, lots of people, like, yesterday, Mike Huckabee, the producer, he wrote, like, this thing online. He, he didn't know that I'd left, because I was really rubbish about telling people I'd, that I'd left. And um, um, he was like, he's written this thing, you know, kind of like, you know, and he wrote me a personal, you know, he sent me a message as well, just saying, like, you know, it's the end of an era and all this sort of stuff. And... and I don't know, the more they felt that I was more part of the institution, the more that I wanted to go. Yeah, it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot of adjustment. Um, Is that because you felt like you were? I don't know. It's almost like an actor being typecast. So you're put in one yeah. position. You're you're there and you can't sort of escape. So you're almost trapped by it. So you felt like you wanted to come away. Yeah, from I that. mean, it's it's really nice, mm. and you know, it's the best job I've ever had. And it is super scary to leave like everybody. You know, all my friend. You know, all my friends, and I consider them more family and everything. And yeah. they came to my wedding and. You know, so it was like a sort of a, it was a massive, great big deal. Yeah, yeah. And I'd started there quite young, so yeah, it was a big thing to kind of leave. Um, you know, it's not yet a year since you left, but what do you miss? Um, to be honest, it's just like an ego thing. I probably miss, <laughs> I miss more kind of like knowing about all records. Well, I felt like I was getting so much music thrown at me all of the time that I had some something to say about all of it so but yeah it's probably more that which sounds really rubbish that Not I've just been able to see yeah I've been able to check every record that I would be interested in so it's that it's more the fact that I might miss out on music um, because <laughs> I'm not looking at it yeah. as much Not great, unfortunately, but because um, these should be actually higher or something. Um, but this, because this is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I'm doing this, is because I want, it's, it's so interesting to see how people just listen to music. Yeah. When they're at home, how they listen to records, how they sort of do that. Because most of the time, in fact, for all of them, people have said, "Well, this isn't quite how I'd like it." Yeah. No one's listening with this perfect system. Everyone's on their way to getting it sorted out. Oh yeah, out, yeah, yeah. I mean. Know. 
To be honest, these two decks and this mixer are not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually got decks, but they're in the shed. Yeah. Uh, well, one deck. And my friend Chris, who used to work at Stan's Universe as well, and now works at Hyperdub, he's lent me them while okay. his wife turned him off music for life. <laughs> to, get, to, get, to be a grown-up. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got them while he's um, sort of using like that. Um, <laughs> I've got so many records and things in storage because where I live now, my girlfriend in North <laughs> North London, we just haven't got space for it all. So yeah. I'm exactly the same. So I've got a certain amount I'm not allowed to go over. So I take, I sort of swap them out and I take some down to storage yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then take another load back. And so, you know, the idea of having all my records out of this would just be... Well, no, this isn't all of them. Well, of course, <laughs> but this, yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, I've had to do a certain amount. Like, yeah, been, yeah. This is my wife's section, which I really... Like, it took a while to actually want it <laughs> but that was the compromise she likes books and i like records but anyway this is um gloria ann taylor yeah and um ubiquity actually did a retrospective okay um but before that i started collecting all of the original selector sound seven inches and i got a little like it's my first sort of like obs no not first but I don't really, I don't really get obsessed with record, like people, like I'm, I'm really shallow like that. Like I like one record and I might not like the next one they do. So, but you get more obsessed with a label? Um, no, okay. neither really. <laughs> Basically, I just, I just like if I like it, I like it. I just don't really collect things blindly. Blindly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but this was my first one where I was sort of like, I've got to get them all, even if I hadn't heard it. <laughs> What drew you in with this? Um, I think it was really about her voice, and I'd, I, this is when probably I don't know. I felt like it was super like her uh, heartfelt, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you make up stories in your mind about people and what um, how they've come to make the music that they have and it was her husband who produced all the um, did all the production Walter Wisson Hunt and um, I kind of not like it was an Icantina thing but I kind of felt like it was a bit it felt like that like it's a really relationship. well I don't know like it's just like a really close relationship and yeah I just I just felt like it was like a really close relationship yeah. and it made me it's and the record seemed really private now what's your world? I'd like to know, I'd like to know. It's a mean world. What is your world? like no one ever listened to it uh, as well you know that's what made I don't know I always felt like it was just completely like I completely discovered it and also like which I know is not true at all because 
I don't know, it just hasn't got, it's like a secret gem or something, you know. You know, anyway, dramatic, as I said. <laughs> Taylor. It's interesting looking at your your shelves and, and the records because there's obviously wait now what that was the skull is that skull disco box? Oh yeah. So yeah. there's that and then you've obviously got loads of soul jazz comps and everything. But compilations that you had a hand a yeah. major part in and played a major part in in the fact that they even exist. I mean I can't imagine how exciting that must be to have your own shelves where you've got records that you that exist because of you. Yeah, I suppose it's I suppose you probably don't get too caught up in that. <laughs> yeah, but fine, have it, you know, because it is, uh, what a thing, and obviously a lot of them are in plastic because you, you know, you, yeah. just, you keep them, they're like an artefact. Yeah, I suppose, know, yeah, there. I mean, you know, like, um, a box of dub, this is actually the first one which I was around for, but I didn't, okay. you know, um, didn't actually do this one, but I loved it. <laughs> So yeah, it was great just being around when they were sort of picking the records and stuff. And I'd only just joined really, like 2004, yeah. around that sort of time. And yeah, so it wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how far I could say. Oh, actually, that one's that's the best track or whatever. So yeah, by the time I, I didn't take long. How did you first get involved with Sounds of the Universe? And and how you know does that job automatically come with that? that other role of, of helping put together compilations and, and advising on music and things like that. How did it all start at, at um, Sounds of the Universe? So I used to go up on the weekend, like I'm from Croydon, yeah, so like yeah. originally, and um, I used to work, I used to manage another record shop actually when I was quite young. Uh, Where was in, that? In Croydon. Okay. Called Bile Die. Uh, it's run by this guy called um, Dave and he had a shop in Lewisham as well. And it was um, basically like the alternative HMV. If you like, they would do all the, you know, they would bring in all the imports, and it would be like twenty-five quid, and we'd bring them in for like ten quid. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it was mainly sort of R and B, hip hop, and stuff. And then we also had like, um, you know, like a load of rare groove albums and stuff. Um, so it was kind of it was and, and house music and. It was sort of like a sort of a minute H and V, and a little bit sort of like Big Apple or there was another shop called Wax City mm. that did all the import R and B and hip hop and stuff. So it was a bit like that as well okay. in Croydon. But you um, used to travel up to Soho. Oh yeah, so yeah, so my friend Damon that I worked with at the shop, he I was like really into like garage, <laughs> UK garage. 
And, um, so when is this? This is 2000, so what? Yeah, 2000, 99-2000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, you know what? Like, you're spending a lot of money on, and basically call this shit. You're <laughs> spending a lot of money on this shit. Like, you really should go up to, like, um, Sansa Universe, Soul Jazz, it was called then. Okay, but also um, Black Market Records as well, so I guess if you're coming up yeah, to look for this kind of music that you're into, then you've got four or five options. But I just started getting into, like, um, Jay Dillow and stuff, so okay. I, d- I wanted to kind of be... A Jay Dilla did sort of DJ. I don't really know what it would be, but I basically I just started collecting all the breaks and stuff and wanted to make tunes. And so then I got into a lot of soul and mm. um, Brazilian and stuff. So he was like, you know, recommended that I go up there. But I didn't really go to Black Market. Like, um, I think being a girl, I was always a bit like uh, wary of like boy places. Like I would go to Big Apple and Croydon, but it was, it was really, it was really scary going. <laughs> It wasn't, not because they're scary people, but just as a girl walking in. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really go to Black Market that much when I went up to town, but I'd go around all the... Black Market was always quite intimidating. But it's interesting yeah. because um, I was listening to Danny Baker on the radio on Saturday. He's a big sort of radio hero of mine, but he does a show on Saturday and he always has about 10 different topics at the start of every show. Yeah. Things that other shows would spend three hours on one topic. He, he throws out about 10 topics at the start of the show. And one of them on Saturday was... Uh, shops that intimidated you as a yeah. child <laughs> and my, the first thing I thought of was Sounds of the Universe really? yeah because oh. <laughs> because, because uh, intimidated really because of the music I have been into the music oh, I've played yeah, in the, on course, the radio yeah. in the past um, but never feeling like I've got enough music and always wanting to find more and find new things and different sounds and uh, Sounds of the Universe really represented so many things to me that were scary because it was just like it's like looking under a rock yeah. and seeing all these termites. Like, do you know what I mean? You know when it's swarming <laughs> yeah, with this music, yeah. that, and you feel like you're kind of so outside of it, and it's intimidating, but in a really exciting way. So, no, no, so I you feel like you can't like to, the, the prospect of going into sounds of the universe and going downstairs. I mean, let alone yeah. talking to any staff or anything oh, yeah. like that, because record shops always have that. Oh no, yeah, people always used to. But like that, just... but, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, Black Market Records was intimidating as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not because I, I, you know, since working in Soho, I've got to, I got to know them very yeah. well, and they are really nice. They're a really nice bunch, <laughs> and I did go in there afterwards. But I, when you know, when I was starting out, and you know, it was like, you know, I don't know how old I was, like seventeen, coming up to Soho, which always seemed like a big deal coming from Croydon yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it just seemed like really scary. So I'd go to all of like the shops around Soho and then I would go to Sands Universe last because that was my favourite one. Yeah, but what if you spend all your money in the others? Yeah, you've always got, you always know. Budget. <laughs> yeah, the budget. <laughs> Still only 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was me and my friend Jermaine. So, and we used to go there so much that eventually they just said, do you, do you both of you want to come and work on a, really? on a Saturday? And so that's just how it started. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel that day? Really good. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And so you started doing that on a Saturday. Yeah. So but so- how does that role change from, from doing that to then being part of Soul Jazz as a label then? I think specifically it was when dubstep sort of happened mm. and um, 
a lot of the people in the shop they liked it, but um, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was like I really liked it because of the play. Croydon thing as well. Definitely so. because of the Croydon thing, and it was very strange that Soho seemed like really far away from Croydon, and then to have these people from Croydon with this music coming in, it was just it was also it was really exciting. Because of the way music is listened to now and because of the way people digest it, really those kind of things, though you obviously you get scenes and you get you know different music here and there, but nothing in a kind of cultural swathe in that way. It doesn't really happen now because everything no. is so divided. Everyone stays in their camps of what they listen to and everything. And I, I think, think people try and replicate, try and do it. But it's it's so obvious that it's not like it's not organic. It's not like it's not how a natural. It's not a natural thing, you know, like. You can't ever plan to do something like that. I think they were just doing stuff that they loved and they were just running with it. They were so excited, everybody, you know. And they were, everybody was just make, making really good music. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't really found anything else as exciting as that. And when I, you know, over Christmas, I was listening to some of my dubstep records I hadn't listened to for ages. And I don't feel like I'll ever get rid of them. What you're saying, you're suggesting that you're almost over it. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> it's harsh because I'm I'm waiting for the people that I feel that were good have will have always been good. I mean, Code Nine, who you know, not necessarily dubstep, but in the scene at mm. the start, and um, he's brilliant. He's still doing stuff, and I'm I'm just continually waiting for when Mallard just drops another, and I will go out and buy it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not something I follow now because I yeah I suppose it became it became something else though. Yeah, it became something else. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like I was in the golden era. And then, yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to, you know, I'm sure it's still, I, if I went to a club now, it would still be the same, but I don't know. You know what it's like. When did Stepper's Delight come out? 2006. 2006, right. 2006, okay. seven, yeah. I remember uh, being, I mean, so excited by music by people like Joker on that. Yeah. But yet, yeah, I feel like that was, I can't remember the name of the tune on there, but I was I think it might so. Be. Is it Gully Brook Lane? Gully, it was yeah. Gully Brook Lane. I, that was, yeah. I thought that yeah. was incredible. Yeah. I thought, this is the one for me. This, I want to see what he does next. Yeah. It just never got up there again, you know? No. I find that really difficult as a, like, yeah. a consumer. How can you be good? And then not so good. Like, like I, I'm not like, not joking specifically, but I mean, just everybody. Like, I find it really hard to like look at an artist who's done something so brilliant and then do something like you know anybody like Steve One <laughs> or you know, um, like you know they've always you wonder what happened to their ears during that time or but it's but I or mean, what they were know, listening to. I talk about this with my girlfriend a lot, and there's. When you are creative in anything, whether it's obviously being a musician or for me making podcasts or trying to do something different or whatever, the thing that stands in my way more than anything else is fear. And it's kind of like a crippling thing of it not being the right thing yeah. or it's being found out in some way oh, yeah, yeah. or it's not its not even tangible. That There's no way of really quantifying it, but it's sort of there. And, it, and us people I've spoken to are musicians. They all have that kind of thing that oh, stops yeah. them and cripples them from doing it. I guess that is the fear, really, isn't it? If you're making this music and people will turn around and go, 
yeah, you had it, but you lost it. Yeah. Because people always say the best motto is just to carry on. Just no, carry and, on. And it's... But we're sort of saying, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have carried on. <laughs> That's really hard. It's the, literally the opposite of what I say when I do speak to people that, I, that have taken quite a long time to get their next record out. Yeah. You know. If you were going to pick a record from that time that you, oh. you think still stands up now and you'll still listen to now, and you're, like you said, you were listening to some stuff the other day. Oh, yeah, there's loads like. Um, well, I put it on the deck actually. There's loads, um, loads like DMZ. Yeah. But um, I've always liked um, Neverland. Yeah. And stuck. And. Yeah, there's just there's, there's loads of stuff. I wish that there's still stuff from this time. I wish they like would release. Yeah. In what way? Then? Just because it's. I just think the records are so good. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, they sound really, really like London. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I don't think anybody could ever. And then at the same time, sounding like. <laughs> yeah. Sound system. You wonder what they were thinking about when they made it, or they were just... I think all of these tunes were made in a really short space of time. So where, where does that come from, Music Inspires Change for the label? Well, I was studying um, to be a counsellor when I was at Soul Jazz as well. And um, I kind of come from a family of counsellors. And a lot of the other as well, mental illness as well, you know, wrapped up into families. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, it just it's not like a big thing. Music inspires change sounds big at times, but I, I, I kind of feel like it's anything that can just change your mood. Like we just listen to that record and you're in a different place, you're kind of rolled up type thing. Or it can be like something that makes you cry or, you know, or it can be as dramatic as you want. And change is just a big thing as well, just the word change. I mean, I probably would have called it change if I could, but, you know. This, this podcast is, as, as someone who's worked and been lucky not to work in radio and with music and everything for over 10 years. It's really, it was a really surprising thing for me last year when I realised how much music changes my mood. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though I listen to music all day, every day, just I realised how putting a record on makes me feel better, as you yeah. said, exactly what you're saying. And, and then I realised that although I would go out of my way to avoid, like if people would say, oh, do you fancy me for a coffee? Oh, do you want to go and go to this gig or do whatever? There's part of me that would be like, no, like, you know, when you know, it's easier yeah. not to. Yeah. So I wouldn't do it. But then the times I put on a record or I go to someone's, go meet someone for a coffee, 
just talking for half an hour makes you feel better. Just yeah. like that social interaction. Yeah. I think part of that comes from being freelance and, and being on your own a lot of the time. Yeah. It's quite a kind of, this sounds bigger than it is, but it's quite a loneliness to, to going around oh, doing yeah. bits and oh, bobs yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. you know, so, and sitting in a room playing records on your own as well. So, yeah. so I thought I'm going to make a podcast where I have to go somewhere else other than a stu- radio studio yeah. or my own house. Yeah. To where someone else, like somebody else's home, or where someone keeps their records, yeah. chat to them and listen to records, and it was like the most simple yeah. thing. And and I, you know, when I do it, I'm like, oh, you know, I can't really could do without doing this. I have to force myself to do yeah. it, but when I do it, it feels amazing. Like like you say, just standing here, putting a record on, changes our mood. Yeah. And, and that is exactly what this podcast is about. Yeah. So it's brilliant that you said. Yeah, that. no, it's, <laughs> no, it's the same with like doing a label, like. I think sometimes you're talking about being freelance and yeah. and also we you know we spoke a bit about the element of like faking it or you feel like you're faking it as you yeah. know you're doing something creative and so you know I've always found it difficult to um g myself up but I can g up others or yeah. you know like the yeah. fact that I'm representing now a group of artists like I really it makes me feel good that I'm doing something Tell us about what you've got on the label then. Um, What's going to be coming? Yeah, so the first record's by Mike Collins. Yeah. Um, and he is better known as Sun Palace. Yeah. And so that was kind of a weird thing because I wanted to start this label and I suddenly thought about... He actually came into the shop about four or five years ago. Right. And um, he noticed a record that was not necessarily official of one of his. And so I was like, oh, I'm not sure if they're actually official or not, you know. And, and so, yeah, we got talking and everything. But I never saw him again after that. And then I thought, I wonder what happened to that guy. Did you know him before? Did you recognise him to recognise him? No, no, he, he came up to the counter and said, okay. oh, I'm Sun Palace. And, and I was like, oh, right, really? Because it's like, this is a loft. Um, classic, you know, it was one of those love classic things. So, and I was like, oh, and he, you know, and he's from Wood Green. Um, so <laughs> I was just sort of like, oh, that's strange. And what, just you? And he was like, no, another guy, blah, blah, blah. So, never saw him again after that. And then I was just looking on the internet last June or whatever, just wondering what happened to that record. And, you know, I've never seen him come out. And he, it turns out he, he created this blog and. Mm. And I emailed him that night at 12 o'clock and then he emailed me back at like half 12. Like, I just asked him, I just wanted to know more about the record. Like, you know, and he just sent me back all this information about, you know, him and Keith O'Connell and how they started. And, and then I said, you know, I said there and then, although I hadn't really completely figured out how I was going to do it, it's like, can I reissue it? He was like, yeah, let's talk about it and come over. And at, at, literally at that same time, BBE, emailed him as well at the same time, saying the same thing. And so we, we saw BBE went like on a Tuesday and I went on a Thursday or something. 
and we we spoke and um, in the end BB went with the actual reissue of Rude Movements, mm. the classic track, and then a few other different variations of that, which is kind of strange as well because I love BB as well because, yeah. I mean, they almost like, even though Soul Jazz is the label of, of Sounds of the Universe, it's almost like BBE because they're just so, we, I, we, we've, well, well, I say we again, but you know, the shoppers really yeah. supported the label. But anyway, it was great. So yeah, I'm putting out more of like early stuff. And mm. um, he'd actually gone to, Chicago and worked with Marshall Jefferson, which wow. I thought was even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like he's such an unassuming guy. Yeah, but also the, it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't come into the shop. No, exactly. No, probably not. You know, it would have been, it's really scary trying to see who's out there to yeah. reissue stuff because you just don't know what sort of reception you're going to get. But he'd put a human face on it. Yeah. Like he was a human being, a person that, you know, so it took away that level of not knowing, like that. Yeah, exactly. I kind of, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, um, you know, he might not answer, but I wasn't expecting the band response. No, no. It's good. Getting over that fear factor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Anyway, they're they're really weird tunes. I don't think I'm like some, because I've worked in a record shop, like a, a music aficionado, uh, I can't even say it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I just don't, I just don't care about any of that. Well, it's dangerous, <laughs> isn't it, to start yeah. to think that or start to believe it. And I've found that, you know, being someone who would happily play some dub and then play some metal and then whatever yeah. else, people are suspicious of that sometimes. People think, well, you can't like all of these things. Oh, you yeah, no. Yeah. That's not right. You, you obviously really don't like these things. Oh. You're just saying you like these things. No, I've had that with my radio show. Like, yeah. you know, some um, soul guys. And it's like, well, you you know, it's good. You show, you can play good music, but you know, you've got to figure out what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm going to get really bored. And it won't be true to me if I just pretend to be, you know, 24-7 about, you yeah. know... Dubstep or... Yeah, I was going to say, or, you, you, yeah. you could have quite easily done that, couldn't you? You could yeah. have sat in that dubstep hot and whatever yeah. that's morphed and changed into now and still sort of been there, but that's not true. That's... No, because people listen to other things. I think it's, it's, different, if, it, I think yeah. it's different if you're an artist, you've got, you've got a thing to, mm. you know, you've got a reputation to, or, you know, living to make. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. might be still doing that, but you know what it's like. Anyway. Um, so this looks like a Keith Haring sleeve. Yeah, it is. It's um label called Claremont Fifty Six. Okay. They reissued it. Yeah. Um Dog Eat Dog NYC business.
so dog eat dog so this how come you wanted to put this on specifically I don't know for me it just seems like a group of friends just jamming yeah having you know again maybe that sort of private world thing yeah I think it's just really I mean it's not unusual now because I know more music like that but it's you know the jazz and yeah and the punk element um, I just really like it's like it's interrupting yeah you know, they're interrupting something. I love that way of describing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this band called Blank Square. So I can actually get, can I play this? Yeah, let's see if it's... Um... So yeah, this has got, you, you talk about the, the kind of, um, the guitar and the jazz thing and the collision. I mean, it's fairly derivative, but it just sounds really exciting. They're really, really good. But then there's also, on Castle Face, there's this uh, Once and Future. I don't know how to work iTunes anymore. Castle Face. Oh, this is good. So this is really uh, kind of that complex yeah. 70s. It sounds like, yeah, little George Duke. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a lot like Thundercat. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, yeah. So, by way of answering your question, what am I into? Get what you're saying. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. You, how do you answer that question? And I suppose in your family, are you like the music one, where they're like, oh, you know, John Moswell's music for Christmas or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But I've got kids. Yeah, I've got two girls. So we listen to a lot of musicals, like Disney stuff, you know, all the time. And I don't hate that. <laughs> I don't hate listening to that at all. I don't hate listening to the Moana soundtrack. You must be over frozen by now, though. Yeah, I'm sick of it. But that's what kids do. They listen to the same thing over and over again, don't they? Do you see that Mika Levi had been um, nominated for an Oscar? That's insane. I think she's a genius. She's and an insane talent. Yeah, she is. That's uh, the best news I've heard for ages. I mean, I hadn't seen Under the Skin, and I know oh. a lot of people talked about it, and I'd listened to the soundtrack, and I'd played stuff from it on the radio, but I'd yeah. never seen it. So on Tuesday, I watched, because I was going to go and see Jackie on Wednesday, I thought, yeah. oh, no, I'll watch Under the Skin. Having listened to the soundtrack loads, I mean, that is... Have you seen it? Like with Scarlett Johansson? Oh, yeah. It's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> I put all the lights off. I didn't realise how much of a horror film it was. Yeah. That's good. See on the beach. Oh my god! I watched it the once, and I'm terrible. Yeah, but... So, but I watched that on Tuesday, and then I went to see Jackie on Wednesday, 
and what I'd heard, someone said, oh, you know, the film's good, but the soundtrack lifts it to something really yeah. special. And it totally does. I yeah. mean, you've got to see it in the cinema if you can, because yeah. she uses these huge, long... She did it in Under the Skin as well. She uses these big, long drones, so the sound yeah. will go... Like, yeah. all the time. It sort of swoops. Out. It's just it's amazing. I mean, I'd far rather see her win than La La Land, you know? But still... <laughs> What are you going to put out on MIC? What's the oh, what so, plans have you got? So there's that, and I've got another one that's in production, which I'm really excited about. These two yeah. girls from um, Glasgow. Yeah. Um, one of them is in Golden Teacher. One of them. Love singer. Golden Teacher. Yeah. See that that yeah. I've yeah. tried to sort of buy everything that they put out. Yeah. And I really like what they're about. And after everything we've just like the stuff that you just played me as well. I hope that you like it. But they're they're really exciting and they're just they're just so much fun. I like everything about them actually. I like yeah. everything. I like they're they're into like we're into the same music. They like punk and you know jazz and all kinds of. That's that to me. Shit. That is the most exciting stuff, isn't it? When there's yeah. that that combination. Why you got to do? When my wine will art pan you, wine. 
actually working in a record shop, it's it's amazing, but I, mean, I don't think people realise how much work goes into it. Yeah. And um, there is a point, which I'm sure everybody will tell you, that you start to lose the love of it, and then you have to kind of regain it. Like, actually listening to music. I'm downstairs in the shop, I have to, my job is to buy the records. So I've got one headphone on, and then the others got music downstairs, and I can hear music upstairs, and I'm talking to customers. It can get a bit, like, overkill. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, like, I mean it in the best possible way. Yeah. Like, it's the best job I've ever had. Yeah, I heard it compared um, to once, it's like having your head, like, if you imagine a river, like this, this, this continual river of music, this, you yeah. know, it's like having your head buried in it when you're constantly listening and yeah. constantly coloured. And as soon as you come up for air, and you yeah. think, oh, God, hang on, I've been completely... So now you must have really had that and had yeah. this sort of sense to breathe and get away Yeah, and a couple of people from the shop have said, like, you know, the music's got really weird that you listen to. <laughs> like, it's things I've posted on Facebook or mixes I've done recently. That's interesting. Um, like, you've changed or whatever. I mean, I suppose because I had the sound of the shop yeah. always in my mind. This yeah. is what... The shop is. This is the sounds of the universe. This sound yeah, of yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, of the yeah. universe. So yeah. it's it's taken, you know, and I really do feel like, you know, when I'm DJing or when I'm trying to do my radio show, I'm still trying to find out who I am. Drama, but yeah, that's how I feel. It's really I love like EastEnders. How honest you are. Because this is, I'm exactly yeah. the same. You said you talk about naming your record label or, or doing whatever, and you, you have there is an earnestness there yeah. in it. But it's, yeah. there are so many cliches with music and talking about music and how it makes you feel and yeah. And you, you're not afraid to do that, but you're self-conscious about it. But you're oh, not yeah, afraid yeah, to no, do it. And awful, I love yeah. that. It's not <laughs> awful at all. But that's yeah. why you're, you know, you're, you've got such a great reputation. And, and yeah, thanks. Why people, you know, love loved walking into the shop and you being in there because yeah. it's infectious. That's what people like. Who me? I is the queen. You're my bad. Just like machine. Gone, 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 gone. Why you go Why wine your heart on you? Wine. Laps, Who Me, from their EP, which came out about a year ago on the MIC label. The label run, owned by Nicole McKenzie. Thank you to Nicole McKenzie for being the guest on this week's podcast, picking some amazing music as well. Um, Cherry Flavour on Soho Radio is the show you're after every Monday afternoon, 12 until 2. Uh, You can find it up on Mixcloud as well, uh, archived every week. Uh, Just where you'll find this show as well. Of course, the full version of this show, with all the music included, is up on Mixcloud as well. Just search for Away From Home on there. Uh, If you want to send me any messages or anything like that at all, about whatever you like, at John Hillcock is the way to do it. I'm at John Hillcock on them. Twitter and Instagram and Bandcamp as well. Loads of music up on there too. If you want to send us an email, awfhpod at gmail.com is the email address to use. Uh, And thanks to the people who've uh, been kind enough to give ratings and reviews on iTunes and various other places. If you could do that, that would be really nice. Don't feel obliged, but it would be nice. Uh, This podcast is all about exploring unfamiliar territory. Uh, physically, socially, psychologically, musically as well and it's presented in association with CALM, the campaign against living miserably. In the UK, suicide is the biggest cause of death for men under the age of 45. The rate of male suicide across the UK is three times higher than female suicide rates. So if you're a man and you're feeling isolated or cut off or lonely for whatever reason and as if you have literally no one to speak to about it,
then it might be worth having a look at the calmzone.net. There are loads of ways they can help. No two people are going through exactly the same issues, but there are people who've had similar experiences to you, and just talking about your experiences will make you feel better. Um, it will help you see through the haze and the fog and uh, work out a new, uh, maybe fresher perspective. Now, as you can imagine, the conversation with Nicole uh, was long and we went deep and uh, there was a lot of conversation and stuff and music we had to leave out due to space. But one of the artists we talked about at length around the uh, the Michael Levy discussion was Dean Blunt, uh, a true maverick uh, that we both have a, uh, a mutual appreciation for. So I thought I'd finish with some Dean Blunt and a song off his uh, 2014 album Black Metal. Um, I'm going to leave you with this 100. So thanks again to Nicole McKenzie. I'll be back with another Away From Home, number three, soon. And this is Dean Blunt from the depths of suburbia, from a man in jeans in a field. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.